So now, now we're back live, uh, unnamed political podcast, episode number one, with your hosts Zane Davis and Drake McGrew. So Zane's got the notes here for today because he's the he's the note taker. So what we got for today's agenda? All right, we're basically talking about the state of the 2024 race uh, on the Republican side, which is really the only side that's kind of got a legitimate primary. Uh, first, we'll start with the candidates here. First, first you've got the top of the pack. You've got Donald Trump, obviously former president. Right, right, obviously. Uh, next, you got Nikki Haley, who jumped in right after him, uh, former South Carolina governor and ambassador to the United Nations under Trump. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I'm sure I'm butchering his name somehow. Yeah. Just a private businessman worth a bazillion dollars. Uh, Tim Scott, South Carolina Senator. Asa Hutchinson, former Arkansas governor. Uh, Ron DeSantis, Florida governor. Mike Pence, former vice president. And Chris Christie, uh, former governor of New Jersey. The field is set. The field is set. So, who, so after, I already asked you, but who do you determine you think is going to be the Republican nominee? Um, my best guess is Trump. Yeah. But as far as like if if it was held today, uh, it'll just kind of depend on the whole uh, indictment thing and how that goes about. Yeah. Uh, the big issue that I see is Nikki Haley and Tim Scott are both like good solid republican candidates yeah probably could win a general election uh but and they both come from south carolina which is the third primary state but the problem is they're kind of going to split that hometown vote uh and also both of them almost are afraid to be critical of trump uh Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson are really the only two that have been openly critical of Donald Trump. All the rest of them have kind of dodged that issue. Yeah. I mean, I still think, I don't know. I still think DeSantis has a good culture war wave to ride. He, he's, yeah. he's got a good path to the nominee DeSantis because that's yeah. his, you know, kind of, kind of this populist culture war guy. Right. But yeah. He lost, a little, he's lost a little steam after, you know, the whole thing with Disney. Like they, they was all gung ho about what he did, you know, in Florida. Um, I don't know. I still think he's got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And DeSantis definitely as of right now is like, definitely like number two to Donald Trump, which yeah. is why he's attacked him ferociously. But I wrote down just some, uh, polls from Iowa, uh, and just kind of hitting the main points, uh, on June 10th, Trump was at 51%, DeSantis 19, Scott 9, Pence 6, Haley 4, Ramaswamy 2, Christie 1, Hutchinson 1. Uh, bouncing forward to July 5th, uh, you've got Trump down to 44%, DeSantis up to 21, Scott down to 7, Pence down to 3, Haley down to 2, Ramaswamy up to 3, Christie up to 3, Hutchinson up to 1. You fast forward a little bit to the 17th of July, 
you've got Trump up at 46, DeSantis down at 16, uh, Scott up at 10, Pence up at 3, uh, Haley up at 3, Ramaswamy up at 5, Christie at 3, and Hutchinson not even registering. The one thing that's weird about Iowa is like in 2016, there was less than 187,000 delegates, mm-hmm. votes, whatever you want to call it, uh, in a state with 3.1 million people, uh, which that, that's about 6% of the state deciding the election or the primary, uh, which is kind of crazy when you think of it. And that's why, like, some some of the field, like Chris Christie's not even campaigning in Iowa. Yeah. And some of them's just kind of written off Iowa and went on to New Hampshire and said, you know, hey, we're going to focus on the first primary state instead of messing with the Iowa caucuses. Mm-hmm. Huh. So what was, what did you say Christie was pulling at? Uh, the latest uh, 3%. Which, I mean, Chris Christie hasn't been in the race that long. I mean, uh, I don't know the exact order. I can't remember. But uh, Trump was the first one to get in. I know Nikki Haley was second. Uh, But Chris uh, Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis both have not been in the race really that long. Neither has Mike Pence, for that matter. Uh, But... It's kind of going to be one of those things like there's a few other candidates in the race other than these eight. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we end up with like a 2016 situation because I haven't looked at all of the primaries to see if they've changed any. But if these are winner-take-all states, that's a big advantage for Trump Yeah. because if you have eight people running – and he has, let's say, a solid 20 to 30% voting block in each state that's going to follow him off a cliff no matter what. Yeah. Uh, there's a really real chance that he could win with just that uh, voter block uh, just because of how many other candidates there is. I mean, if, if it had been proportional all throughout 2016, I think Donald Trump would probably have a pretty hard time of winning. Uh, but there's a lot of these states that, I mean, you win by one vote. Uh, you can win with 15, 20, 25% of the vote, whatever. Right. Uh, so, and then there's some states that they make you to, in order to win it all, you have to be 50% plus one. Uh, but that's not most or at least how they did it in 2016. Hmm. So what's Biden's plan to get back? Release release the Barbie movie out into the um, ethos and hope it... I think Biden's got a couple, <laughs> couple different uh, ideas. First of all is don't die. Yeah, keep uh, say alive is a good one. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a real, real solid one. Uh, the, the second is to crush any idea of having a legitimate primary challenge. Uh, Right now there's two people in the race on the Democratic side uh, besides him. Uh, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. 
Yeah, what's he pulling at? Uh, I don't have it wrote down here, but there's some there's some polls that's got him pulling at like twenty percent. Really? Like, yeah. So he's. I thought his his anti not really anti vaxxer his his whatever his vax stance would hurt him. So, well, I mean, since he is the combination of his of Democratic side and being kind of you know going against the party line of you know. Right. Well, and see, the big thing for him that I think helps him more than anything, more than making him like the most legitimate primary opponent opposed to like Marion Williamson, the, the author that's also in the race, is first of all, it helps when the last name is Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. And Everyone loves a good political so, dynasty. <laughs> so, I mean, and he's not, I mean, naturally, I mean, his dad run for president, his uncle run for president and won. Uh, his other uncle won per uh, primary Jimmy Carter in '76. So like we don't have uh, we don't have kings or queens, but we like electing people with the same last right, names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like just it. funny because like there for a while, I mean, in the more, more recent future, it's been Bush and Clinton. Yeah, but now it's like we got a flashback to the '60s and we got the Kennedys back. Uh, uh, but CIA will yeah. put a stop to that real quick. Yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting that I didn't realize until I watched an uh, interview with him, uh, and I don't even think he knew it until recently, but he, uh, on Biden's, Biden hadn't even been off in office for 48 hours. And he, uh, I don't know if it was, if it was FBI or who it was, I'd have to do a little bit more research. But the first thing that, that he basically did when he got into office was try to remove RFK Jr. from every social media platform. Uh, so not, before the primary even got kicked off, before he even announced he was running for re-election, he saw this guy's plan. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this guy's not a traditional Democrat by modern standards, but uh, uh, he actually has a niece. I know uh, a niece that's actually working as ambassador to somewhere in Biden's administration yeah. right now. So their their family's kind of split as far as support for him or or not supporting him. So who's the other candidate on the Democratic side? Uh, Marion Williamson. She's uh she's an author. That's about all I know about her. Uh she didn't she ran in twenty twenty and uh I don't think she got more than a more than a handful of votes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't even think she qualified for a single delegate at the convention. Yeah. Uh I'd have to look that up to be sure, but uh but again in twenty twenty they also had a crowded Democratic field, yeah. uh, kind of like they did in 2016 for when Trump won it. Uh, that's the one thing that I think I could be wrong, but I think that they're going to be more cautious about and more candid about is I could see after Iowa or New Hampshire, uh, even though they're not polling very high in either place, uh, Chris Christie or Asa Hutchinson, I could see whoever does better in those first two primary, yeah. uh, well, primary state for New Hampshire, caucus state for Iowa. Uh, I could see 
them, whoever does better out of the, the two, uh, I could see them kind of moving on and the other one getting out of the way because one thing I've heard like Christy say a lot was in 2016, everybody, and he said it wasn't just me, it was it was everybody that thought that there was basically like an NCAA bracket and you had Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Marco Rubio, uh, and John Kasich all on one side, and you had Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Carly Fiorina, Ben Carson, all on the other side, and basically whoever the two, the 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 two of each side, the more established side and the more uh, uh, populous side, basically was going to meet up for. Uh, and duke it out and be the be the winner of that. Well, that obviously didn't become true. Uh, with Ted Cruz basically being a pretty far away second, but uh, basically just caused uh, caused Trump to be the nominee because everybody stayed in too long. So that's what I'll be curious to see is how many of these candidates after Iowa and New Hampshire actually drop out and either endorse other candidates or drop out of the race that way uh, other candidates can uh, take on Trump yeah I guess so uh, they're just gonna ride with just riding with Biden over on the we're on the DNC and hope it and hope yeah. it, for it's over two feet yeah it's uh <laughs> it's kind of interesting because I mean which I, I get where, I mean, incumbency has some power. Uh, and I understand that they naturally want to be behind their guy. Uh, but, I mean, I, I did see one poll where it said, and this now this also includes Trump, but basically, like, if it was a, if you had your choice and it was a rematch of the 2020, so... Biden versus Trump, yeah. like like how many people would be dissatisfied with that? It was like eighty percent that don't want to see that. Uh, I mean, they're they're both uh, they're both going to be in their eighties. I think Biden will be eighty six by the time he's out if he gets reelected, and I think Trump will be like eighty two or eighty three, something like that. So goodness. they're both they're both dinosaurs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like coming up, it, talking about that, it'd just be like a really a disenfranchised people people voting, just kind of like a sluggish. It just really come down to which old old voter base shows up more while yeah, everybody, while everybody yeah. else stays home. Like I am done with this crap. I, yeah, already. Absolutely. Well, see, here's what's here's what's funny was, uh, and I've I've really tried to listen to every one of these candidates just to kind of see where they are. And Chris Christie's, I mean, Asa Hutchinson is, is still pretty critical of Trump, but Chris Christie's definitely the, the, uh, the most fervent opposition to Trump. Yeah. And the one thing that he said, did he, did Chris Christie, Chris the ring in 2016 with Trump. I forget. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. Well, got, see, and here's, he was a whole here's what's funny. Here, this is where I think Trump, is a little bit afraid of Chris Christie is because 
Chris Christie got on board with Trump fairly early. Yeah. Uh, basically, when it was down to uh, Trump, Cruz, and Marco Rubio, uh, which John Kasich stayed in until the very end. But uh, basically, when it got down to those three, he got behind Trump. Yeah. And what's interesting is I've watched a lot of interviews with him. He actually played uh, in like the debate prep for Trump. He played Clinton and Biden. So he, he's really close to this guy and he's been friends with him forever. And obviously that friendship's not there anymore, but uh, he, he's, he's even like, he, he knows all the dirty little secrets about him, which yeah. is a big issue for Trump. I mean, he talked about how uh, he uh, he he said, you know, he said, well, why does he always wear these like eight foot long ties? And he said, people wonder that. And he said, because it makes him look slender yeah. and yeah. all all this stuff. So yeah. wasn't, it this, wasn't it this like that physical during his presidency that he's like, yeah, Trump's six, seven, ripped, muscular. It was like yeah. kind of like yeah. a oh, botched, he definitely, when he got physical. out of the race, he, he, he like. He definitely kissed the ring, and uh, I, I, he did get offered a couple cabinet positions and turned them down. I, yeah. I think, I think the only position that he said that he would actually openly take was attorney general. No, but uh, yeah, like I said, Chris Christie is uh, probably more than likely Chris Christie's the reason why Donald Trump's not going to show up to the debate next month. Uh, because they're, uh, I think it's uh, like August 23rd or something like that. Fox is having their first debate. And uh, naturally, all these candidates are trying to uh, meet the threshold, which is like 1% and a handful of polls and 40,000 individual contributions. That's why you see all these Facebook ads where they're begging you for a dollar, uh, even though they've got millions and millions of dollars in in their campaign, they got to have 40,000 individual contributors. So even though Walmart may give Asa Hutchinson however many millions of dollars, that's still only one contributor. So So, so what what are the Republicans, what's their their platform besides just, if you're not Trump, if you're Trump, hey, I'm Trump, vote me. It seems like the other Republican platform's like, hey, I'm not Trump, but I like Trump's values. Yeah, well, and see, see, that's the thing that's interesting, is there's nobody really running that is anti-Trump policies, like saying, you know, we need to go a different way. Like, I mean, you got in 2008, 2012, you had Republicans that didn't necessarily want to, like, criticize George Bush, but they also, like, realize like his policies wasn't popular with the country. So they kind of run away from them. I mean, uh, Ron Paul, Rick Santorum, people like that. Uh, there's no one in the race right now that I know of that is anti-Trump policy, even, and again, just going back to Chris Christie, Chris Christie hit his big catchphrase, which if it, if it catches fire, it might actually, propel him up past DeSantis uh, is he, he's basically saying, Hey, if you're pro Trump policies, the last person you should elect is Donald Trump. And he went down the fact of, he's like, Hey, he promised to repeal and replace Obamacare. First two years, he had a Republican house, Republican Senate. Uh, 
uh, and a uh, Republican leaning on the Supreme Court after Neil Gorsuch got on there. Uh, and they didn't get it done. And the other thing that he mentioned was uh, Trump said he was going to build the wall and make Mexico pay for it. And he's like, we haven't seen our first peso yeah. from Mexico. <laughs> and he said, and during Trump's administration, he built 47 miles of wall and he'd have to be president for like 100 years <laughs> at that rate to get it done. And the other thing, which if you roll the tape on this, there's there's several things that Trump said in the debate that I think a lot of people knew that couldn't happen. But like this one where he said, if you give me eight years as president, I'll completely eliminate the United States national debt, which is now at 30 some odd trillion yeah. dollars. And instead of eliminating that or even decreasing that, which you naturally have to do, even in the first four years, he added six trillion to the debt. So, uh, yeah, but we didn't give him eight years, man. Like well, we didn't give, you know, we didn't, we didn't yeah, give him the longer. Yeah. And he said, give me yeah, eight years. You only yeah. gave him four. It's not, so it's not his that's, fault. That's, I mean, that, I guess you could make the argument of that. And I mean, that, that, like I said, I think that's the main reason, because I know Chris Christie's already made the debate stage. I don't know about anybody else. I mean, Donald Trump definitely has. Uh, I, I would say more than likely out of those eight, I would say more than likely everybody with the exception of maybe Asa Hutchinson will probably make that debate. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if somehow Ace is not willing to, uh, somehow pull it out, but it, it would, it would not surprise me if at the end of the night on January 15th, which is when, uh, uh, the, the final voting night for the Iowa caucuses, it wouldn't surprise me to see even two or three of these eight drop out, uh, you might see him move on to New Hampshire, try to do something a little different. Uh, but I think more than likely they're going to start trying to drop out of the race because they don't – a lot of these people don't want to have what happened in 2016 happen again. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of just my, my two cents on that. Yeah, I, I can see definitely <laughs> on the Republican side. I think Chris Christie's got a good dark horse kind of candidate because he's kind of yeah. it's like he's got an old kind of school kind of conservative kind of like this New England conservative type, almost like a like kind of like a Rudy Giuliani kind of deal. Right. Well, and, well, then, and, and and a lot of people are talking about you know he's kind of the only one kind of going anti-Trump. And with the Republicans, you don't really have to you know be too terribly have all these grand policies in place right now. You can just be anti-Biden and that Absolutely. and that gets yeah. you a long way. Yeah, that's what helps. <laughs> I mean, I think that was probably what hurt Hillary Clinton more than anything was I mean, just voted she, against her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, not only not only that, but it's always hard. I mean, if you go back and you look, I mean, it's very hard for a party to go back to back after 8 years of 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 one president. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got you've got. I mean, George H. W. Bush that did it. Uh, but have we ever had uh, sixteen years of a consecutive of the same party in the presidency? I can't think off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, I can't think. Unless, of it. but now, if you get back into like, well, well that starts well. Back. I mean, Truman served two terms. 
yes. Okay, so yeah, yeah that would be. But I mean, I I don't know. I mean, technically, I mean, yeah, I mean, technically, that would be. Uh, I mean, FDR was four, which now I say Truman served four terms or two terms. He may have finished FDR's term and only run once for himself because. FDR died not too far into his fourth term, so yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, that would be six or seven terms, but I mean that would that would be the only case. Nothing definitely in modern uh, modern history of that happening. That's why I need to just move to get a parliament like them lying me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was the one thing that. Uh, Speaking of that, I, I did hear where Chris Christie was talking to, uh, I don't know who it was in in uh, United Kingdom's parliament, but he was basically describing our election system versus theirs, which is like 48 days. Yeah. And he was they were basically like, how do y'all do this in America? And he's like, well, the best way I know to describe it is you don't necessarily get to vote for who you want. You get to vote for who's left because <laughs> unless you start out in the beginning states of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all this stuff, a lot of these choices are going to fade. Uh, and so you're basically by the time you get to get to the end, which would uh, normally include California. and uh, It's another Super Tuesday. Most of the time you're down to probably two maybe three candidates at most yeah. i mean like even even like in england it still comes like there's more and people say like oh you know in america it's only two major political parties it's either been the laborers or conservatives in, in charge of england yeah. ever since 1900 yeah. here you might have you know yeah you got a handful Jared? yeah handful of uh, outside or other parties and i mean it's kind of like it's kind of like when you've got like on the Republican or on the Democratic side, like in the U.S. Senate right now. I mean, you've got three independent senators, uh, Kristen Jill, or not Kristen Gillibrand, uh, Kristen Sinema in Arizona, uh, King in Maine, and Bernie Sanders in Vermont. All three of them caucus with the Democrats. Yeah. So... While they are independents, which I mean, Cinema just left the Democratic Party, but I mean, she's still—I uh, wouldn't classify her as conservative at all. I mean, one of the more conservative Democrats. Uh, but you really, truly—I mean, I think no matter where you go, you're going to end up only having two parties. Yeah. They may get—they may get a little bit of influence. Uh, yeah, especially if they're like the deciding vote or something like that. So, so so far, State of the Union is just we're thinking rematch with possibly po po rematch with possibly a Christie versus RFK dark horse. If we're doing like we're trying, yeah, to, we're trying yeah. to like we're doing like betting odds. We're trying to get right. some, like, some money off. I would off not of. bet on that if I was sitting in <laughs> Las was, Vegas right now. That was the long odds. But I mean, here's the problem that I see for some of these candidates. I mean, Nikki Haley, I mean, uh, Haley, Ramaswamy, Scott, uh, not really Ron DeSantis and not necessarily Mike Pence, but, but Haley, Ramaswamy and Scott 
almost sound like they're running to be Trump's vice president. Well, and I don't even see and, I don't even see how why DeSantis lost so much steam because for a second there I was like, oh yeah, this seems like the obvious. Like people are going to see him as like Trump, but not as unhinged, kind of a more focused Trump. And now he's kind of fell off. Well, and, and it also could be the fact that Trump's gaining more supporters during his indictment, kind of like, right. like, oh, I see what they're saying near election time. They're trying to get my boy. The well, the big problem, I think, for DeSantis is they won super majorities in both houses in Florida. Yeah. So, and I think they have every single state office uh, is Republican in Florida. So they can basically do whatever they want to do. Well, they basically just turned the heat up on the culture war, which did get them all elected, but they've turned the heat up even more since they since the election. And like the other day, Florida signed, a, or he signed in Florida, a six-week abortion ban. Well, most of these governors had like signed that like, during prime time, middle of the day, yeah. had huge audiences. He signed it at like one o'clock in the morning with a <laughs> handful of people. So he knew that that wasn't going to go over well nationally, even if even if he managed to beat Trump. I mean, trying to run against Biden, that wasn't going to poll real well. Uh, so I think part of the problem is if if he would if he would pivot a little bit to where he's not anti-Trump policy, but he just basically refuses to criticize him, even though Trump's given him all kinds of nicknames and all this stuff, uh, and like is constantly hitting him, he has never really hit back. Yeah. And so, as and there's people, there's people that say, oh, you know, he's taking the high road. His wife said that uh, that he's going to take the high road. Well. More than likely, that's not going to work. And yeah. I mean, because basically you look like you don't have a backbone. Yeah. Uh, I think for him, I think his wife is his biggest asset. Uh, if he would shut his mouth more and, and let her speak. Uh, I mean, she's a breast cancer survivor. She's, uh, which they're both young. Uh she but, she in politics. She just kind of she's a just first lady debutante. Yeah. yeah, she's first lady of Florida. But uh, and see, here's the funny thing: is you know some some people like even DeSantis. I wonder, you know, if for a while, if they thought, you know, maybe I'll keep my powder dry, let Trump run, maybe he wins, maybe it and implodes. But either way, 2028 is around the corner. And yeah. I can come back then. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned he is young, so it does play the long game yeah. on that one. Yeah, DeSantis is like 44 years old. So, yeah, so I if mean, he keeps in Trump's good graces and you elect him in a cabinet position. Right. The only problem with that is, is I, I did, and I wish I would have brought it with me, but I look back over like the past, back into the 80s, how many times the party's runner-up was the nominee of the party and then they lost. And then normally they lost big. Yeah. So if you go back, I mean, you go back to 2016. In 2008, Hillary Clinton was runner-up to Barack Obama. 2016, uh, she lost. Not necessarily big, but she did lose. Uh, you go back to 2008, John McCain. 
and he was runner up to George Bush in 2000. So, uh, and, and he got massacred. Uh, in 2000, you had Al Gore, who he run in like 88. So he run before Bill Clinton ran. Yeah, and he invented uh, the internet. Yeah, he invented the internet. But uh, I think he finished like second or third in, in like 88 behind uh, uh, Dukakis. Uh, and then uh, naturally, I mean, Reagan ran against Ford which Reagan was about the only one. Reagan was the only one in modern history that I could find that actually had run and then actually won, with the exception of Joe Biden, who did run three times. Uh, but he was never really the front runner. He ran in 88 and 08 and then uh, 2020. Yeah. And he was never, never in any of them was he even close to the front runner. Okay, so tell me about New Hampshire. So, see, New Hampshire's a little bit different than Iowa. Traditionally, and this is Republican or Democrat, uh, which it'll, it may change because the Democrats changed their primary schedule uh, for this year and then going forward. Uh, but New Hampshire usually doesn't follow Iowa. So usually just because you win... Uh, just because you went Iowa, I would say, not necessarily that you have a disadvantage in, in New Hampshire, but uh, usually they're not the same outcome. And that's probably the best bet for any of these candidates to try to poach one or the other. Uh, like I said, about, about only 6% of the population in 2016 uh, was involved in the caucuses in Iowa. Now, New Hampshire's a little bit different. I mean, it was all over 68 years old. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, you had, I mean, probably a large percentage of the elderly yeah, population. Yeah, these, these old folks have these caucuses on their map. Right, like and caucuses are already weird to begin with. I mean, there's only a few, uh, I think there's only two states that have them. Uh, and they kind of confuse me to a little bit how they end up uh, doing that. But the, the first in the nation primary is New Hampshire. So like in 2016, uh, they had 285,000 people vote in the Republican primary in a state with only 1.3 million, uh, which that kind of blew my mind that New Hampshire's uh, population was that much, was basically a third of Iowa. No. I never guessed that. Uh, but basically that meant 21% of the state voted Republican. And again, this is a, and this is a year where you have kind of like what we have this year, where we have, uh, two, two legitimate primaries going on, even if the democratic party's trying to suppress the, the other two. Uh, I mean, you've got, like I say, you've got basically a quarter of the state or, or, a, uh, I'm sorry, you got a fifth of the state who was involved with the Republican side. Uh, and so, like I said, you could see, I could see one of these candidates end up poaching a victory. And more than likely, whoever does that, the fundraising is going to end up 
like they'll end up getting a lot of money from some of these other people's donors. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably going to pressure them to drop out. Uh, I mean, at this point, I don't really think there's anybody else notable going to get in the race. I mean, everybody's kind of waited on Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence, uh, Chris Christie. Uh, and like I say, they're, they're, I think there's a total of like 12 people running. But these are probably the only eight that have a chance of making the debate stage and making any, any kind of noise at all. Uh, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how the debate turns out, especially if Trump don't show up. Right. Which he's very much alluded to, but he's not going to, well, that, that he's thinking about that. What would be least. his reasoning for not, though? Because debates was always his bread and butter. I mean, yeah, I know he messed up that one with, the first one with Biden, because he went a little too hard, but yeah. debates has always been, that and rallies has always been his. Well, uh, the rallies for sure, and I mean, the rallies, the big the big thing for him. And I think that's going to be basically the only way he campaigns is, I mean, the rallies, he controls the microphone. Yeah. So, and he doesn't get asked any questions. So the difference with the debates was last time he didn't have a record to run on. I mean, all he basically could do, all he had to do was like tout his business acumen, all this stuff. And then, like I said, he would say stuff crazy. Like I'm going to pay off the national debt in eight years. And people will just sit there and applaud. Yeah. And because they're like, hey, this guy's a billionaire. I mean, he can, I mean, he can make it work. Uh, but now he's got a record to defend, which the first two years, I mean, there's going to be very, it's going to be kind of hard pressed to make a big case against him the first two years. But the second two years is where Chris Christie, Asa Hutchinson, are going to hammer down. Yeah. Uh, and really, if any of these other candidates wanted to make headlines, stay in the news, all this stuff, they they really need to uh, kind of break away from Trump because basically, basically six out of the eight or, or five out of the eight, not, not count Trump, uh, are basically saying, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be Trump without the baggage. Yeah. And, you know, the problem is when you're all saying the same exact thing, I mean, it's kind of like Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. I mean, the the third primary or the, the second primary, but the third state to vote after we get going is South Carolina. I mean, where they both should have a home field advantage, but they're basically running with the same message uh, and I mean, you've got now this debate, like, uh, which, uh, Vivek started, uh, basically saying, you know, Hey, we need to know immediately where all the candidates stand on. If we become president, would we pardon Trump? Uh, and, yeah. And he, oh yeah, that'll be big. Cause like, where is, where, where are they at on the indictments? Like, where are they at and what all did they try and get well, him on? Cause I, I'm kind of a. You you've got uh, you've got three three different ones that's coming. I mean, the first one was the Stormy Daniels one in New York, which was grasping straws yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't anything that anybody didn't know about. Yeah. I mean, it was known before the election twenty sixteen. I mean, there was 
while maybe technically if you squint real hard, maybe it was illegal, I mean, nobody in their right mind would charge a former president with that. No. Uh, the, the big thing right now is, I mean, the uh, Jack Smith case, uh, which I did not realize until last couple of days that he, a lot of people said, you know, he's a partisan hack, whatever. Uh, like a lot of times people do yeah. to, uh, whenever it's their side getting prosecuted. Uh, he's actually put some high profile Democrats in jail. So uh, <laughs> he's, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I don't know his political stance. I don't know who he voted for for the past 20 years, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he's a, a, uh, in the, in the, in bed with the democratic party. Uh, but basically the big thing right now is the, uh, Trump, when he left the white house, had a lot of boxes of documents that he took with him. Now he, he's kind of been all over the board on this. He said, you know, he didn't realize what was in there. He didn't know all this stuff. Then there was, but then they've got accounts where he's, I mean, somebody actually recorded him like, uh, or, or not recorded, but somebody testified that he had showed them, uh, like, or not showed it to him, but almost like taunted them, uh, saying like, this was like a battle plan against Iran <laughs> and was like, like, I can't show you this, but I know what it is. It's got some good stuff and in it. yeah, I mean, this has got some juicy details in it. <laughs> And so basically what the uh, uh, archives department or whatever it's called officially, they basically for 18 months, for for the first 18 months after he left the White House, was like trying to like, hey, give us these back. Give us these back. (laughs) We need these back. And like was trying to like, and from what I've gathered with it, they were, overly nice at first and then they said hey you know if you don't give it back then we're gonna have to like subpoena them back and all this stuff well then i mean there's been leaked tapes which whether you want to say that you know you can't make his lawyer testify against him because of attorney client privilege i mean that's very true but the his attorney started making recordings because he was telling them to openly lie and he was trying to protect himself. And and I don't know if he leaked them or how it got leaked out that basically Trump was like, well, tell them we don't have anything and, uh, and all this stuff. But, uh, uh, according to a few people, they said that he even like, like anywhere he went, if he went to his summer home in New Jersey, or wherever he would uh he would take these with him no like they were a child or whatever <laughs> he's leaving uh, nuclear cult in par five at mar yeah, yeah. like and we're leaving wedges or something <laughs> yeah he's I leaving don't, the nuclear football and i mean i guess the only <laughs> thing that i could the only thing that i could guess is that he wanted to pretend like he was still president i don't i mean i don't know i mean i really think like i'm not saying that Barack Obama, George Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, and all them are not somewhat involved. They may not get a, they, I'm sure they get a phone call from time yeah. to time. 
well, yeah, but I don't I don't see them as actively having documents or whatever of like battle plans, whatever. Yeah, yeah. all Bush adds is his paintings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Bush is just happy to paint pictures and stay in Texas. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't know what it's going to come to. Uh, the one thing I've heard a couple of the candidates talk about is like, you know, if he if he makes them go to trial, which is what it looks like they may end up doing. I mean, if if you make them go through the process without doing a plea deal or whatever, mm-hmm. Because Trump's, I mean, been 100% like, I did nothing wrong. This was my stuff, blah, blah, blah. They raided my house, whatever. Uh, if if they make this go to trial and everything, there will be an assumption of jail time if, if convicted. Yeah, what does that and, sentence even look like? Uh, from what I've heard, uh, I mean, depending on how hard they want to, hit this deal, I mean, it could possibly be like 30 years. Golly. So, I mean, natu- I mean, the, the rest of his natural born life, regardless. Uh, until until but, President Christie pardons him. Right. Well, and see, here's the thing. I don't think any of them, even Chris Christie, who's, who's anti-Donald Trump, I don't think any of them want to see Trump in jail. I mean, that was the one thing that I did look up. I mean, we've never had a vice president or a president go to jail. Uh, the only, I mean, the, 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 the highest position in the government that we've had go to jail was secretary of state. Yeah. Uh, or uh, I'm sorry. Uh, speaker of the house, speaker of the house was, uh, well, how much jail time was Nixon facing before he was pardoned? You know, I don't, cause I, cause I don't I, know enough about that, I but, don't uh, the the big thing with with Nixon was uh, w- w- the the big thing with Nixon that's different from Trump is Nixon when he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar stepped down and kind of died gracefully. Yeah. And I mean, and what's interesting if you look back on it, a lot of presidents. I mean, Bill Clinton who did like his eulogy at his funeral, even talked about how, like, he had all kinds of different foreign policy advisors, yeah. but the one that he had the most respect for was Richard Nixon. He didn't, Now, until he died, he didn't say that publicly, but, I mean, Trump could have, I mean, Trump could have stepped out of the way and let a Tim Scott, a Ron DeSantis, a Mike Pence, whatever, step into the, the limelight and basically could have stayed home, uh, but I don't think that's really in his nature. Yeah. And no, no, subtlety and humility is not really really Trump's strong suit. He's got to be out and about. That's he's he's got to be in the uh, forefront. Yeah, and, and what cracks me up about Donald Trump is. He could only get elected in 2016. He could not have gotten elected in 2008 
or a 96 yeah. or an 80. Yeah. I mean, he could That's not a really good point because 2016 was like almost just like the perfect storm for right. Trump. Right. Well, you had, I mean, you had just the kind of the decay of the old Republican. Yeah. Like values and culture awareness that like Trump just like stabbed cons uh, social conservatism like with a knife. Yeah. And that's the one thing like Ron DeSantis is trying to like bring it back and like channel his inner uh, Pat Buchanan and uh, Mike Huckabee, Rick Santorum, that kind of deal. Uh, but I mean, Trump, I, even even to this day, I think even some of his closest allies would question how much he would agree with the overall party platform. Oh yeah, because yeah. I mean he, I mean Trump, Trump put tariffs on different countries, and that was a democratic position. Like unless you went all the way back to like Teddy Roosevelt, so that was a that was a that was a Democrat position up until Donald Trump. And yet whenever, like in 2016, when he tried to raise it or other candidates tried to raise that, that it was a democratic position. Basically he just kind of had like a little one liner and I mean, one by one, they fell off the side of the hill. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and that's the thing that's kind of interesting too is, and that's where, I mean, you've got, I mean, the, the top three, I mean, you've got Ron DeSantis, uh, Chris Christie, and Tim Scott. But they're kind of all talking about how, you know, hey, at this point in the race in 2015, Donald Trump was at like 4%. Jeb Bush was getting ready to be crowned. I mean, basically like a coronation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jeb Bush, I mean, got his clock clean. And then they realized this dude's a door. This is yeah, yeah. I mean, and... <laughs> See, and that's what really Trump did. Like the funny part about whole Trump was if he feel like, like when he got to the debate stage, like he feel like he like sh pulled back the veil, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Jeb Bush is not like a political dynasty. This dude's a dork. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah, a nerd yeah, we've been voting not, for all these years. Yeah, this is like not, who's this Rand Paul guy? <laughs> well, I mean, you've got you got Jeb Bush, who I mean, what's he even up to nowadays besides? <laughs> Just giving interviews and I think just kind of chilling in Florida. But uh, I think his son actually run for something, or son or cousin or something, run for something and won here a while back. Uh, but the the thing about the thing about some of these these people running is, uh, like I said, unless they break out in, in some kind of and not necessarily anti-Trump policies, but if if they're just running as I'm going to be Trump without the baggage, they're they're never going to they're never going to make it through. And uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how how many of them actually make make headway. And like I said, the the first handful of states is going to pretty well give it a a pretty solid view yeah and, and and here's what's funny is like trump for example trump's not campaigning state by state uh i actually pulled like trump's events deals for the next few days 
just out of curiosity. And I mean, he's he's nowhere near Iowa. No. I mean, he's in he's in Pennsylvania. He's in the states that he lost to Biden, which I understand. But basically, he he's basically forgetting the primary process, thinking, you know, I'm just going. I've got this thing in the bag. Yeah. And that could potentially be to his demise. I mean, if you've got, uh, I mean, the, the one thing, especially in Iowa, when you've only got a handful of the population that's actually going to participate in that event, if, I mean, it may be one of those things where, like, traditional, like, red-blooded politics, knocking doors, all this stuff, being in people's homes, and schools and stuff like that, churches. Some one one or or several of these candidates may uh, kind of make headlines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a Republican running this year just kind of stick to your. I mean, just stick to your like like you said because I mean you mentioned how Trump, and that was true how he really wasn't you know this typical conservative. So like that's why you can see I can see how there could be. A comeback, just like if one of these guys just go, all right, just a good normal conservative. See this cultural stuff, obviously. No, I don't like this stuff, and I'm just yeah. a normal blend. Like just go back to like you know, just a good old GOP candidate. And I think that, and I think they people would respond to that way more because I think a lot of because a lot of these candidates are trying to you know use Trump's old playbook. They have to think these are all grand, you know, right. This, they got to think of something that goes on a bumper sticker or something. Yeah, they got to think. Hat. Yeah, but the thing is, like, Trump was, you know, a showman. That was his deal. That was his, right. his, his, you're a politician. You're not a show. Well, I mean, you are a showman, but like. Well, most you, people knew who Donald Trump was prior to him running for yeah. president. Most people don't know who Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie, no. or Ron DeSantis is. So name recognition is going to be a big part of that. Uh, but. Like, going back to 2016 for just a second, like, one thing that uh, Trump did that probably made him, like, the most electable billionaire in, like, the, or, or rich guy of any, of any stature, but I seen where Dave Chappelle <laughs> talked about this here a while back that said, like, the reason Trump got elected in 2016 was the guy was just so dang honest. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, he stood on a stage with Hillary Clinton and said, and she accused him of not paying income taxes. And he said, well, that makes me smart. Yeah. And then like he, tr she tried to pivot to, well, he's not paying taxes for roads or bridges or military or blah, 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 blah. And, uh, Basically, he put it to her and said, hey, I'm just taking advantage of what y'all put in place. If you want to make me pay taxes, make me pay taxes. Yeah. But you're not going to because your friends, even if they're Democrats, don't want to pay taxes. And basically, like, just, I mean, beat her over the head with that stick of being corrupt. And and to an extent, did that in the Republican primary, but it worked, it worked well against Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, especially because Trump, you know, came in as a whole anti-establishment, which you will have in American politics. You know, the, the pendulum will swing to anti-establishment guys right. like Trump. But it, it's even better. Like it's like I'm anti-establishment. You know, these these guys they're all you know lizard, you know, controlled. 
And then it's really easy to believe in when your opponent for this Hillary Clinton is like, right. oh, yeah, the most establishment one right. ever. So they're like, oh, yeah, I can definitely see uh, how he's, you know, could be better. But Yeah, uh, and see, that's the, that's the thing is, I mean, I think in 2020, I mean, I'm not saying Joe Biden was a good candidate by any means, but Joe, you couldn't get – I don't think you could get much more establishment and not hated – as Joe Biden, yeah. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden was not. I mean, Hillary Clinton, and he wasn't. Uh, I mean, Barack Obama wasn't there long enough to really necessarily be considered the establishment. I mean, yeah. he was a one-term senator, but uh, I mean, you have you have some of these some of these can people that's been there forever, but I mean. You had a couple of things. I mean, Joe Biden was kind of the perfect storm of while a lot of people today, I mean, especially everybody on this list that's running, is going to describe him as like the most progressive liberal in America. Joe Biden is no progressive. No. So no. Joe, Joe Biden no. is a is a Teddy He's, Kennedy. Yeah, Democrat, just like this neoliberal. It's kind of a, I mean, Jimmy Carter, Democrat, uh, which I'm not saying is good, uh, but uh, that—that's the thing is, if you have, if you have anybody, and this is just this is just my two cents here. I think most of the people out of these eight, I think, can beat Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. it, it, I think, uh, I think Mike Pence. Ron Santos, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, think they can beat him, uh, and 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 Chris Christie, uh, but I mean, I, I have an issue with a Trump Biden rematch, only because if now that COVID's over, if the economy and the economy is going. Trending back the right direction because everything's opened up. That's why Biden's claiming they've had more job creation than any other president. Well, shoot, <laughs> most same. of those jobs are just the ones that's coming back from COVID. Yeah, and they're also like jobs that don't pay. Right. So I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not like we hired one million new DoorDash drivers to make two dollars right. per order. Yeah, it's not. It, it's and so I don't. I'm not necessarily saying he doesn't deserve any credit, but he definitely. They're definitely over. Uh, exaggerating everything. Uh, but he's also running for president, so I get that. Uh, but I think I, Trump makes me Trump makes me very nervous as far as being able to beat Biden uh, just because I don't think that Unless something major happens with like the Hunter Biden case or whatever, uh, I don't see, I, I see basically an old man, two old men, one who has a ton of baggage, all this other stuff, versus an old man who, you know, hey, he's been around forever. Uh, nobody really likes him, but nobody really hates him either. And we're kind of concerned he might have dementia every now and then. Right. <laughs> early and, on. and maybe not dementia, but just old. He's just, he's yeah. just an old dude. Well, I mean, 
that's what I mean. I've heard Chris Christie say it. If I've heard him say it once, I've heard it say it fifteen times that both Biden and Trump they're past their sale by date. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just yeah. and there's people that say, you know, hey, that's ageism, which is weird because I guess we've created a new like ism, <laughs> but like it's just a fact. I mean, do you really want eighty-two year old Joe Biden or eighty-two year old Donald Trump getting a Cuban Missile Crisis phone yeah, call situation. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, both of them are. I mean, well past their prime, and they're they're. I mean, they're at the end of their life. I mean, yeah, and, that's, and I don't like electing someone where I'm like this person just might die. <laughs> right. Like, well, just, and, and oh. that's the old, that's the thing that is so odd, and that's where I think running Joe Biden against Donald Trump made sense or or it wasn't necessarily a a knock on Joe Biden, his age, even though he's older than Trump, because of Trump being so old, that was something he couldn't hit him for. Uh even though they had like thirty some odd year old Pete Buttigieg and they had several people that were in their thirties, forties and fifties. Uh I really think if you run Anybody in the field on the Republican side that's under the age of 60, I think, has a pretty good shot to beat Joe Biden. Yeah. But, and this is, again, this is just my opinion, I honestly think that if Donald Trump was not in the race, I think Joe Biden would hang it up. I think the only reason Joe Biden is running is because he beat Donald Trump in 2020. Don, I mean, Donald Trump says he's going to run again, and he is running. Uh, I think that's the only reason. I literally think if he wasn't in the race, if, if Trump wasn't in the race, Biden would get out of the way and it would probably be a rematch, or not, not a rematch, but a matchup of the two big governors right now, which is Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom in California. Uh, and like Sean, Sean Hannity even did an interview with Gavin Newsom, like asking him like, why? Why are you going to die on this yeah. hill when you are very popular right now? Even though I don't agree with you and I don't like your policy, in the Democratic Party, you are you're young, but you're not too young, and you're in your prime, and you know you, you're going to end up having your Chris Christie moment because that's that's the big issue for Chris Christie, and I think that's probably his biggest regret was not running for president in 2012. Because he uh, he he didn't he was extremely popular at the time. Probably could have beat Mitt Romney, and I mean I mean potentially instead of having eight years of Obama, you had four years or eight years of Chris Christie. Yeah. So. Hmm. So who do you think? What president do you think has killed the most people? <laughs> I've seen this question pivoting pivoting from you know actual, you know, serious, who's going to lead our nation in the next four years. I've seen this question on the internet. I'm like, I wonder what Zane thinks about that. What, what president? President or presidential candidate? Or No, just like what president has killed the most people like in entire history? Who do you think's killed? You know, I mean, Andrew Jackson was kind of a, kind of a bad dude. Yeah. I mean, 
He, and that was my first, because I. But also think George Washington was a commander, a general, yeah, general in the war. Yeah. Uh, but but the uh, difference the di- difference between him was he was really only in the Revolutionary War. I mean, Andrew Jackson he was like I can't remember whether he was like twelve or thirteen in the Revolutionary War, and then I mean was stayed in the military and all this stuff, and then I mean War eighteen twelve that's where he got famous. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I'd say. I mean, him, maybe Grant. I mean, if you wanted to, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times he pulled the trigger or whatever, but he, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, more people died in the Civil War than they did any other war. Harry Truman got a lot. Do what? Harry Truman got a lot of people. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Two, two big old cities worth of people. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I was sitting there, sitting there trying to think for a second, I'm like, I didn't remember him being like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's two cities that kind of got, uh, yeah. got wiped off the face of this earth, but, uh, which may or may not have been a good thing in the long term. Yeah, that's a debate for another day. You haven't even watched Oppenheimer yet, so what do you no, think? No, I haven't, you haven't I haven't. That's a good one. So what else we got? We got so we made it this far. Thanks for listening. Um, audio might be a little, you know, all over the place, but it's about what you say, not how it sounds. All that matters. Exactly. That's all that matters.